Welcome to Jewish History with Rabbi David Katz, connecting the human side to Jewish history. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com. Hi, it's Eric Sokis. I'm going to do the second of the two. Um, pre-Sokis podcast, I said, um, both of which are being sponsored by our wonderful friend in Lakewood, uh, Abe Gluck and Glove Plumbing. Uh, thank you very much. Last time we talked about the two sides of the Sukkah itself, the Ananiya Kovit and the Sukkah Mamish. Now, the second theme, of course, that one always talks about on Sukkah's time is the Arba Minim. Right? You got the Sukkah on the one end, and you have the little Vesser Adasim Robus on the other. Uh, to cut right to the chase, the um, everybody knows that the lulavit and the set, the arbaminim, represent one with a good taste and a bad taste, and a, and a you know tambareach and rech v'tam and ain't tam ain't rech and so forth and so on. Uh, everybody who's listening to this, I'm sure, knows that. Now, um, therefore, you end up with uh, uh, listen closely, uh, sweet smelling uh, spices and that sort of thing, uh, or good ones like the like the asterisk. And then ones that don't have that. Notice closely, it didn't say that the others have a bad taste. It's just that they do not have a taste. This one has a tom and a rech, and this one doesn't have a tom, but has a rech. This one doesn't have a rech, but has a tom. You know, what is it? The hadasim, I guess, have a rech, but not a tom, because you don't eat them. And only their robots have no rech and no tom. But it doesn't say any of them have a bad rech and a bad tom. That's significant uh, to me. Now, I think it's a well-known trope that the Arba Minim symbolize, you know, uh, the Achtas of Kal Yisrael. As I said 10,000 times in different uh, venues, that the ideal community that God prefers is one in which you have all those four types. And um, let's put it this way. They have to be in a certain relationship one to the other. There is, however, another famous Torah uh, blending together, mixing together, not only the Darba Minim, but the Ketoros. These are the two classic examples in the Torah of mixing the good and the bad. Now, by contrast, when you get to the Ketoros, it's not that they don't have a Tom. It's a bad Tom, right? The Lavona has a bad smell, better, rather. You, you, you see the difference? With the Arba Minim, None of them have a negative smell. They just don't have one. Masha Enkin, when you get to the Ketoris, the bad one is bad. Okay? Now, that's really interesting because if you think it through, it seems to me that when you have something that's bad, it requires a greater deal of achtas to, uh, what's the right word? sort of bypass it or nullify it or neutralize it or something like that. But there is such a way. And I'll tell you what I mean. Think of the following physical differences between the two examples I'm talking about. The Ketoros on the one hand and the Arba Minim on the other. The difference is, of course, that with the Ketoros, you literally have a blending of all the spices together. You understand? It gets inextricably intertwined. It's mixed. Ad Kedekach, 
that you can't identify the, the separate parts. That's what cooking or whatever that uh, spice making, whatever it's called, is all about. They they come together in a way that's that's like nothing else. And indeed, if you know a little bit of Yoruda, you don't have to know a lot. Uh, you will recall possibly that when it comes to taruvas, the halachas they govern mixtures. You know, you drop the flesh thing in the milk, you're going to mix together milk and flesh. You can say, is it shishim, is it this, is it that? So there are differences, fundamental differences, lach balach versus yavish biyavish, right? That when you have, for example, um, you drop a little bit of milk into a large vat of chicken soup, the milk, because it's um, all liquid, so just in terms of physics, it diffuses to the point of negligibility. In other words, the, 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 the little bit of milk doesn't stay and retain its integrity, but it loses itself in the large vat of chicken soup, in the example I'm giving, and so it really is gone. You hear what I'm saying? The the original milk, I, in, the, in the case I'm choosing, actually is gone by being subsumed in a much larger lach-balach liquid mixture. However, by contrast, if I have three pieces of meat and two are kosher and one isn't, and I don't know which is which, and they all look alike, right? Three hot dogs, they all look alike. I happen to know two are kosher and one isn't. So there's a whole business. What do you do exactly? Because it is Batal Barov. But on the other hand, what do you do with the third one? And all you were saying, you know, those who are a little bit familiar know that this is a well-known problem. And it's based on the fact, of course, that the Trefa hot dog, which is one of the three, has not lost its identity, essentially. It's just that, subjectively, I'm the one who doesn't know where, which one it is. So it's the Hefzegabra business, you understand? I don't know which is which, but I but one of them is bad. But since I don't know, that's called Bittlebrove also. But it's a big difference, because then you know that the one hot dog that you're going to eat, you know, some opinions say you throw one out, one says you give it to three separate people. However, you worked it out in Yeridea, um, but it, it is bottle. And what you, let's put it this way, somebody's eating that third hot dog, and it hasn't lost its identity as a trafe hot dog. Well, it, halakhali, it kind of did, because of the subjective fact that none of us know which one is which. So there's a difference between the chefs on the one hand business and the gavra on the other hand, between the objective and the subjective. And when it comes to something like the um, uh, Ketoris, listen closely. Those who know a little bit of Yerodea, Helvis Tarubis, will, will, will tell you that lach balach means, like I just told you before, when you have two liquids, because it's in the physical nature of the liquid, one mishach with the other. And as I said, if it's a large enough Let's just say the case I said. Drop a little bit of milk into a large vat of chicken soup. You don't see the milk anymore. It's just mom's gone. I mean, it, 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 it pulled itself apart, spreading all over the place. So it, it's actually not there. It was there, but it's not there. Now, what about this? Suppose I have two powders. Tchunim, right? Two powders. So I have, I don't know, uh, you know, a, 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 a two two powders of, uh, let's say, uh, you know, creamer. You know, they, they still have that, I think. They still have that, the, the creamer, they used to have in the powder for coffee. One's kosher, one's treif. and Okay? And, um, again, 
you're not sure which one is which, but there's the three things of creamer, you know, they're all powder. And you can have all three in the same way that you can have the hot dogs. Uh, well, I, that's not a good example. Suppose you poured all three creamers into one pile and you mix it around. Do you see what I'm saying? When you have a powdery type of substance, so there's a famous shach, very well known, shach who says that's called lach balach. Uh, because it's so finely ground, you know. Uh, wait a minute. Let me pull it out of here. The shach says, Kemach bekemach. This is in Kuf, for those interested, this is in Kuf Tess. And you're there. Kemach bekemach. Kivan shenivlal mikri lach balach. You see that? Since it gets all intermixed with each other, it's like balul. So then, that we call that lach balach. Even though, in terms of physics, it's dry and dry. But in terms of the fact that they're inextricably intertwined, because it's just not possible to pick about which, you know, uh, you know, one grain of the powder is from this one, and which grain is that one. It's all mixed together. Uh, so that's called lach balach, which means that 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 the bad one diffuses, according to the shach, and loses identity the same way that it diffuses with the liquid. I hope I didn't get you confused on that. But the reason I mention is because when you when you get the tarubis or the mixture of the good juice and the bad juice, because that's what the Chazal always say it is. Uh, when it comes to the ones who are bad juice, in other words, they have a negative reach, they have a foul smelling reach, like the chelbana, then you require lach balach or the equivalent thereof, according to the shach, that the central ceremony of the beis and of Yom Kippur, as we all know, is the katoris in which you mix the good together with the bad, and in that situation, the bad get diffused to the point of negligibility, even though from a technical point of view, they haven't lost their identity the way the milk would lose its identity physically, you know, diffusing in, in, in the large chicken soup. So the me- message of that, of course, is that we deal with something that's anti-from, anti and is, is bad meatos, you require a very intense kind of octus, uh in which all the different elements kind of lose their own identity into one large mixture. And then, mystically, Hashem says, I like that, and I'll, and I'll forgive the, uh, the bad one. As they say, the, 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 the chelman starts smelling good, because if you mix it in the right amount of spices, that's the reason Torah uses the model of spices, then the, then the bad smell actually comes out contributing to the large final you know, uh, mixture, and, and it makes it smell good. Uh, as I always say, in other words, nobody's going to drink Tabasco straight, but if you mix a little bit of Tabasco, if you like that sort of thing, and you mix it in a larger thing, then it enhances the taste. So uh, that's that famous word. Now let's contrast that in Sukkot with the other model, which is the Arbaminim. There's no physical blending. I mean, they're not four powders, right? The way the way the Keteris is. It's, it's, it's a different blending. Uh, it is the same idea that the good and the bad should come together uh, but in a different situation, a different model. To me, the key point is that the Chazal always described the bad one not in terms of bad, simply not good. Okay? So the uh, Tom Reich, you know, so the, the, the asterisk has Tom and Reich, and Hadassim has what? It has the, 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 the Reich and not the Tom. And I guess what's the Lulav have? The Tom and not the Reich, is that it? And then the Arabs have neither Tom nor Reich. 
But none of them have an anti-tom. Get it? None of them have a, 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 a foul-smelling one. Which is true. None of the four meaning are foul-smelling. Agree? None of them smell bad. So, um, may not smell as good as the asteroid, but you know, they don't smell bad. So then you have a different type of of community. You have that they four, four retain their identity, not like the Keturahs. You see which one's the Lulav, you see which one's the Ezra. You don't say, go take a Lulav, Ezra, Gadassim, Rabbi, grind them up very fine into a gigantic powder and mix them together like you do with the Keturahs and then do something with them on, on Sukkot. No, each one retains identity. The good one remains the good one, the bad one remains the bad one, uh, or the, the good-smelling one remains the good-smelling one, the non-smelling one remains the non-smelling one, and so forth. Now, that's a different model. Since we're dealing with somebody who's not anti- is this it fails to keep all the mitzvahs, fails to live up to what uh, a Jew could possibly do. There's a lot of opportunities out there to excel, and this one doesn't excel in any of them. That, that famous Rambam I quote a million times uh, in Pirish Vishnayas and Perky Elvis, Ratzah Kaddish Baruch Lezachis Yisrael, Lefikim Hibram Torah Mitzvahs. What do you mean that God liked him and gave him a lot of laws? But the Rambam says you can find one in which you can excel. excel. You know, not everybody's for learning, uh, on the other hand, not everybody's for, for being in the uh, in the Hatzola. Some people, the Hatzola ain't for them. And learning is, you know, it's it's like that. Okay? So, um, what do you end up with? You end up with a situation in which this community, this Kehila, which is what it's all about, I'm just making this up, is expected to do... I'm going to use numerical, quantitative things, even though it's really qualitative. But let's, for argument's sake, let's use quantitative. So this community should do, I don't know, 10,000 mitzvahs. But the bottom line is, three-quarters of people ain't doing their share. <laughs> you know what I mean? Three-quarters of people ain't doing their share. This one's going to Davin, another one done Mea Brachas, the other one done this. That's just how it goes. You know, like I say, a lot of people don't like learning. I mean, you can't beat up on them. It's who they are. So, you want to go shoot them, you know? So, uh, not everybody's going to be contributing to the 10,000 mitzvahs. So, on the other hand, you might have two or three supermen, uh, spiritual supermen, and they may learn 24-7 and do chesed and this and that and the other and go the extra mile. And so you'll end up with the number 10,000 thanks to these 10 or 15 or 20 people or 30 people, whatever. So you have a community that's uh, thousands of people, but actually, the one who's pulling the weight is like 20, 30, 40, 50, 100, whatever. And the other 90% or more, you know, don't really contribute. Um, so you say like this. Well, that, that, that shouldn't be accredited to the account of the community because the community, by and large, didn't do anything. Didn't do the mitzvahs. Wrong. Wrong. We say that it'll all be accounted to the community and therefore this community will be judged favorably. Um those 10 or 20 people, 30 people, if, they, if they're doing it right, then they're going to go chassidim. Obviously not in the new sense of the term, the old sense of the term. And the chassidim is, is defined as wanting to do the mitzvahs and, and, and the, the 10,000 mitzvahs with the idea that, it's, that the credit should accrue to the, bank, the spiritual bank account of the community. This is nothing other than what you find in the Silsi Sharm, nothing fancy. At the end of uh, chapter 19, which I've quoted a thousand times, and he mentions the Lubin Esther, where he's talking about 
Again, this is not me talking about the mission about the Silsi uh, Sharm. And he says that um uh, in fact I'll read the preceding paragraph. And they should want this to be, you know, for uh, it's hard to translate. You want that the mitzvah should be done b'shlemus, and to be marbed the covet of Klal Yisrael. Beyond them, here we go. There's another very important element in Chasidus. The tovas hador. You should think about the tova of the door. He's using the word the door. I use the word community. It's the same thing. So here you have a high level of thought if somebody can do this. I'm davening, I'm thinking about the Jewish people per se. The 10, 15 million, whatever there are out there all over the world, all kinds of different sizes and shapes. Tovas ador. Shehine roi l'chol chosit. Sheyizkavim b'maisav l'tovas doro. That it's proper for every chosit when he does a mitzvah, or she, when they do a mitzvah, to have in mind, tovas ador kulo. L'zakos osam l'hogin aleim. So when I keep Shabbos, and, I, and this week I kept Shabbos with an extra oomph, and what I learned last night, I did with an extra oomph. I want that that credit that I earned should go lezakos esador ulehagena lehem to misaka the Jewish people around the world and uh, to protect them. Now you could say like this: What do I give a hoot about you know these Jews who are anti from and the you know, whatever? You know, there's a lot of bad actors out there. I'll give you one. I'll give you one that won't be controversial. Why am I in favor of all the people who are against? who are for the BDS, you know, in favor of Arafat and all this junk. They want to kill us. Why, why should I want my mitzvah to help them? But nevertheless, that's the way it is. Who in Yenakosov? This is the meaning of the verse in the book of Yeshayahu. Imrud Sadik Kitov, Ki Prima Leim Yochelo. See that? Prima Leim Yochelo. That Malayim here means their deeds. So in other words, the people eat the fruit of their deeds. So notice, I'm a regular Jew. I don't help. Maybe I'm a bad one, by the way. Maybe, like I said before, I'm in the B- BDS, I'm this, or whatever Whatever you want to say. Uh, I nevertheless benefit from, or metaphorically, I eat the fruit of the mitzvah that was done by the, by the, by the tzaddik, by the chassid. Shekol hador ochel mi perosov. Okay? Kol hador ochel mi perosov. V'chein amru lebracha. Zachar lebracha. And that's the meaning of the famous Gemara. That, you know, when Moshe sends the spies, he says, check out So the plain meaning is, check out the agricultural situation in the promised land. You know, But Rashi famously says, is, is, is Eov still alive? You know what I mean? No, is, is there an Eitz? Do the Canaanites, the Canaanite Prezi and all that, do they have a tree whose fruit they eat? Meaning, do they have a big tzaddik on their side that will protect them against Kalisrael? And of course, they, they, the answer was no. Um, but you see that the word eights is associated with what I just said, which is, I am the tree, let's say I was a tzaddik. I'm, 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 let's just pretend I was a tzaddik. So, or the chassid. So I'm doing mitzvahs, 
at a high level, qualitatively, actually, more than quantitatively. And, you know, with the right kavanas and this and that and the other. And um, that's considered like I'm a tree growing fruit. And you out there, uh, the mediocre Jews, the bad Jews, the bad ones, I say, the wicked ones, you're eating the fruit that I grow. So it's like very interesting. Like if I was a public spirited citizen and I own a, uh, a piece of land that uh, abuts the Rajasarab, uh, you know, a street, and I have a big apple tree or something like that. And I don't mind if people walk into my garden and eat the apples. I'd be a nice fellow if I was like that. Or the oranges or whatever it is. Because otherwise I say, get your own tree, you so-and-so. You know, I grew this, but I don't. I'm a nice fellow. And I say, anybody wants to can come for me from it. That's the metaphor of the eights. Now, you see where I'm going with this. The esrog, which is supposed to be the tzaddik, is called pre-eights hadar. You see? And every part of it is halachically significant, you know. Tama veitz is shoving and all that business. But ideationally, it's perhaps even more significant because the tzaddik is referred to, as you know, the esrog represents the good guy. The tzaddik is referred to as Eitz Hadar. Isn't that interesting? The beautiful tree. Which means, wherein lies the beauty? And the, the answer goes as follows. In the case I'm talking about, the tzaddik wants the other guys to eat the fruit. You see? And the Mesilis Sharm goes on to say, in a very famous passage, or it should be, this is what Hashem wants, this is what Hashem Mezakim or mechaprim, I'll call Shar Madrega Shabahem. Just what I said. That the Hasidi Yisrael, in other words, the 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 ten percent, whatever it is, the one percent, that do all the mitzvahs qualitatively, quantitatively, should with their mitzvahs be mezake and mechaper. Mechaper is quite a word. Mezake, you say, give them extra points. Mechaper means make up for what they did wrong. Now that's not fair. This guy's eating treif and who knows what he's doing, and my mitzvah. Should go into him. I mean, the, 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 you know, aren't there many chazals that say only the person, what's the expression? Right? And what they say, whoever plants the, the, the tree gets to eat the fruit. Here we're seeing the reverse of that. It's not true. It's not so that whoever plants the tree gets the fruit. That's how it is in a cold capitalist world. And one can run like that. And perhaps, you know, some people have that kind of existence. But in an ideal existence, the way Hashem wants it, um, the 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 ones who are doing the mitzvahs, the chassidim as he calls them, are having in mind that even though the other guy was mechal shabbos, I want my mitzvah to be mechaper. I repeat the word mechaper, mezaka mechaper on kol shamadrega shabbat. The other madrigas of the Jewish community, who mashamra zechun bracha, and this is what Chazal meant. The mesilas sharm says when they said belulav aminav oh oh see that belulav aminav again. This is the end of chapter nineteen in the mesilas sharm. Yavu Elo Bichapuela. It's a it's a Medishraba in uh Vayikuraba in Periklamen. Yavo Elo Bichapuela. Let the you know, let the asterisk be Mikhapur for Araba, so to speak. You see? Now why? Uh the asterisk has the Tom and the Rech. The other one doesn't have the Tom Dam the Rech. That's what Hashem wants. Sha'ina Kharish Barku Khafit's Bhav Dan Harishoim. Ella mitzvah mutelas al Khasidim Lihishtadel Lizakosam. Says the second time he doubled down and he spoke about the role of the chassid, of the esrog, so to speak, of being mezake and mechaper. So a person who is a real chassid, the Mesilas Shem says, 
uh, you're an Esra guy. You have in mind, right? You have in mind when you do your vote. In other words, when you do your mitzvah, you're learning, you're chesed, whatever it is. Um, you have in mind that I want to be, I want any credit that's accruing because of my good deed to go to the other people's accounts. And to atone if they did something wrong, which is really, mechaper, I mean, it's quite a, to tell you the truth, mechaper means clean up, to clean up the junk that they left behind. Okay? Gambit philosopher And that should be what you have in mind when you're davening. Dahainu, she is palel al doro, lechaper amosh ma mishetzerach kaparo, ul hoshe betshuva mishetzerach lo, ul ulamid sanigori al ador kulo. I, I think that's a very remarkable passage. That is the job of the Esrug. Um, and that's the meaning of the ceremonies that we have, which I say again, does not you, you don't grind it up in the dust and blend it together. Each one retains its identity, and it's preci- it's it's a different model than the Ketoras. In the Ketoras, the bad stuff gets, uh, uh, you know, it disappears, as it were. As I say, it diffuses to the point of negligibility, like that little milk in the large vat of chicken soup. But here, it does not, that's not true. You understand? It's a different bittle, so to speak. Or it's not a bittle at all. The Ketoris is a Vartan bittle, which is a certain Mahalach. The Arba Minim is not a matter of bittle because, you know, you're not Mavatal anything. It requires a different type of avoda and a different type of skula. And apparently the Chazal tell us that if you take, and, and, and I'm going, like I say, I'm just reading, I'm not reading the fancy schmancy Rizal or anything like that, just the Masil Sisharim. And, um, and he's saying that when you do the Arba Minim, uh, you're not blending together and losing your different identities. Each group in Klausel retains its identity. Obviously, the Esrog will represent the Tzadikim who have Tom and Reach. Obviously, the Lula would represent people who are still good, but not quite on that level. <clears throat> what is it? Has a, a Yes Tom and No Reach, and the Hadazim have Yes Reach and No Tom. So that's that's something, right? And then, of course, the Arobas have a zero. No Tom and No Reach. But they're not anti. In my, in, in my mind, that's like very interesting. If it's anti, then this won't work. That's what it seems to me. If I find somebody who says, I hate the Torah, I hate the Yiddish guide, I'm against, I want to destroy it, and so forth, which we have, unfortunately, had in Jewish history. Okay? But there's a huge difference between the person who says like this. Me, myself, and I am not observant. I'm not observant. I don't believe. Whatever. I'm not bothering somebody else. Right? You want to do it, you do your thing. I do my thing. I've known a lot of people like that. And let me tell you something. Somebody I just described is, I'm going to say something sounds cynical, but I don't mean it to be cynical. You could get money out of them for yeshiva or for day school or something like that. Ask the collectors. They'll do it all the time. Lababish kind of specializes in this. You know? Uh, you find somebody who's, you know, is, is no Tom and Oreach, but they're not anti, you see? When you find somebody with the Lavona, you're not going to get a communist Jew, you know, from 100 years ago who's trying to stamp out every yeshiva like they used to do the Yevsekias and all that and, you know, like Acher and kill anybody's learning and kill anybody's keeping Shabbos. Those kind of guys, you can't say Yavu Rather, I think the key element is Yavu refers to the people who are simply not participating in Jewish life. They, you know, they, 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 they're not, they don't do the mitzvahs, they're not interested in it in the sense there's no Tamareach. 
so people like that are salvageable, and they're still part of the claw, and they don't reject who they are. It's a, it reminds you of the Passover Seder when the Russia is described of Hosiatsum in a claw coffer baker. You see what it made him a Russia, not the fact that he was non-observant. Uh, correct, not the fact he was observant. Imagine the son like a million sermons who didn't even come. See, he's not called the Russia. He's just called whatever. He's the, the one who doesn't even come from Passover Seder is like, you know, uh, I guess, like Darovas. <laughs> you see? Well, you want to know something? Next year could be different. And meanwhile, he's still part of the part of the scene. I think you see this more in Israel than you see in America in Chutzlars. Maybe I'm wrong. Uh, in the modern era in Jewish history, we've had a big rise, at least for some periods, of the... Um, uh, antis, but what you've always had in history and throughout history are the people who just like are abstaining from observance. They just don't personally do it. And guys like that, there's a million stories if you know how to get to them. Uh, sometimes they come through for the Jewish community. It's a, you know they uh, you know there are many stories along those lines. So it seems to me that um, you have therefore two models when you deal with an anti person. The only way to deal with that is like the Katoris. You have to, you know, locate them as such a large entity that, you know, they, you don't even see them anymore. You don't hurt them, but they, uh, you know, they, they lose their, their identity. Uh, when you, on the other hand, when you have the other model, which is the person's not part of Mrs., you, you enhance their identity. You get it? It's a different story. You don't say this Russia or this non-observant person should be like he's not here. He's here, and I'm a him and I'm a him. Right? I'm a him and I'm a him. And maybe next year, he won't be a Arav anymore. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll be an Esrik. Or at least he'll get bumped up to, to Lulav, you know? Or something like that. Um, and that seems to be this hierarchy, uh, what's, what's being mentioned over here. And that's the idea of the eights. Since the pre-eights, Hadar, I'm speaking ideationally now. I imagine somebody must say this, because if I thought of it, other people must have thought of it also. I haven't seen it quite in those words. Um, sounds like a morale type idea, but I don't know. Uh, but you see what I'm saying. The the eights hadar, the reason you call it the eights is because, and it's a pre-eights, by the way. So it's a pre-eights. And the hadar of it, according to what I'm saying, does not lie in the in the beauty of the esrog or in the halachic nitty-gritty definitions. You know, does, it, does it have a spot? Does it have a hole? Does it have a, a bletolo and all that stuff? That's true for the world of halacha. I mean, you know, that that's for that. And that's fine, too. The world of halacha has its own integrity. But here we're dealing with the world, world of hashkaf, of ideationism. And ideationally, if the pre-eights, notice if the if the one with the tam and the reach uses his or her, it's the same thing for a woman, his or her mitzvahs and davening and what he calls the kavonas avoda for the purpose of being mezakin and mechapra on the others, who have not earned it on their own, then that's a hadar. That's the beauty. Get it? That's a Jewish beauty. In in um, in the Jewish history, we don't have a Jewish art. I've said it many times. Instead, the Jews not do a knockoff of whatever the art is at that time. You know, you go to these museums and you see what a uh, I don't know an Esrog box, for example, or a, a becher, or a, you know, candle for Friday night candles look like. In Germany, they look like German, and in Yemen, they look you know Arabic. And in, uh, I don't know, in another country, look Russian. Now, 
in modern America probably have, you know, um, avant-garde, ah, face, I don't know, cubist, whatever, because uh, we just take whatever the society considers pretty and we just adapt it for Jewish purposes. But we do have a Jewish aesthetic art, a religious art, a moral art um, in, in this way that we consider Hadar is there's something beautiful about the person. No, it's, a, it's an artistic beauty. It's Hadar. We consider beautiful if you find somebody who he or she are doing the mitzvahs, but they, they say, but put this in the bank account of the other ones who need it more. Um, anyway, so I think these two models are uh, plenty of stuff to talk about in your sukkah if you're interested. And with that, I wish everybody a uh, good sukkah. And I want to thank the Glucks, as always, for um, the Gluck Plum for sponsoring this. And uh, hopefully we'll be back on Cholmoyd. For sponsorship opportunities or to support this podcast, please visit our donate page at www.support.rabbidavidkatz.com.